We'll be set. This is the Onion News Network. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and as always, you're invited to join the discussions that we're going to be having tonight. You can talk about what we're going to be discussing or whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line to do that. 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Riley. And Nikki. And for those who don't know, Riley is on the show generally once or twice a year. You manage to make your way up to New Hampshire. You're the person responsible for creating the FTL Digest that we have on our SoundCloud account. That's right. I am. This is my annual trip back to New Hampshire. I'm happy to be back. I feel like I'm home again. This is this is really nice to be here. I feel like I am back where I belong. <laughs> it is good to see you again. Did we ever actually make the effort to get you to drive a vehicle? No. We okay. need to do that while I'm here. How long are you going to be here? I'm going to be here until October 9th. Oh, that is plenty of time then. We're going to get you to drive a vehicle. Heck yeah, dude. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. I also have a friend who's a pilot. We could probably get you to fly a plane too. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, we probably could, honestly. <laughs> that, I'd love that. I'd love to try that. I'm going to have to look into that for sure. Okay. Great. So Nikki has a story about a new world religion. I've got stuff about YouTube and they're updating their terms. They're no longer just removing content that's against the COVID-19 vaccination, but all vaccinations in general. And of course, cops are being silly again and warning parents about people giving away edibles for Halloween. Oh, and gosh. Yeah, Nobody's going to give your kids free drugs. Yeah, I, I wouldn't give away free edibles if I had any. No, it's absolutely not going to happen. But I want to start with this story about health workers once saluted as heroes are now getting threats. Coming to us from Omaha, more than a year after U.S. healthcare workers on the front lines against COVID-19 were saluted as heroes with nightly clapping from windows and balconies. Good God, I'm glad oh, I never saw any of that. I forgot about that. They were doing that in Italy and like a lot of like other big cities. They would have like an 8, 8 p.m. clap in cheer section for the nurses and doctors it was it's it's really interesting like we're, we're dealing with a pandemic and we were cheering for these nurses and now they're getting fired because they're not getting vaccinated it is interesting that was one of the things i pointed out during louder than life as well it's the pandemic if there you know ever really it was a pandemic it it didn't end Americans just sort of got sick of it and went back to our lives, as yeah. far as I can tell. I, I don't know. I mean, I hear that there was a pandemic, and I'm going to go with that story. But that being said, all this talk about how nurses are heroes and then treating them like villains because they choose not to get certain drugs injected into them because they have their own personal concerns is ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. And they're healthcare workers, right? So if anyone has a right to be concerned about healthcare things, it would be healthcare workers. And it's not like these reservations about the vaccination are unwarranted. I mean, a lot of us are against it because we're literally seeing an influx of patients coming in with all of these cardiovascular issues days after they get the second dose. So, I mean, I've, Nikki, I've seen... you're a nurse, right? Yes, I am. And how many patients have you seen that have come in with these problems with the second dose of their vaccine? Dozens. Really? And, and none of, none of are... them have been act, like legitimately reported to VAERS. And that's so, because they make reporting to VAERS unnecessarily complicated, right? And not just that. You're considered unvaccinated 
until 14 days after your second dose. So most of the side effects we're seeing are with like two days, one week, right after the second dose. I don't know. The first dose, we're not seeing that much uh, really bad adverse reactions. But something about that second dose, once people get that second dose, it's like two days they'll have a blood clot. Two days they'll have a seizure or pulmonary embolism or DVT or, you know, all of these different things. So my question is, how prevalent are these problems after the second dose? Because I know people who've had the second dose who haven't had these problems. I don't know anyone who has had these problems, at least as far as they're aware, but who knows, they could develop blood clots tomorrow or something like that. And, you know, having been vaccinated six months ago, they probably wouldn't make the connection and their doctors probably wouldn't make the connection. and Thus, it wouldn't get reported to theirs. And fortunately, I think the majority are not experiencing these issues, but every other vaccination or medication has been tested for like 10 or 20 years before it's released to the market. And for some reason, this one was tested for less than six months and it's being shoved down everyone's throats. We, it is impossible for us to know the long-term side effects of well, this experimental gene therapy or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know enough about the, the mRNA shots or the Pfizer and Moderna shots because I haven't looked into them, but I don't want to hold off and say that these are bad to put in your body. The, the thing to say that I don't know is I, I just don't know what's in these mRNA vaccines and I don't know what the long terms of term effects like are, are like you said, Nikki, I don't know what the long term effects are going to be. How long? I can imagine, you know, they just have standard vaccine stuff in them and that's fine. My concern is that, you know, we we don't know what they're going to do further down the lo- further down the road. However, I do know what COVID-19 is going to do to me. Because I've had it, and I recovered. I was sick for like a day, and I lost my sense of taste and smell for like six or seven weeks, way longer than most people do, and then everything was fine, and I was back to normal. I see no reason to take any additional risk when I know for a fact that the thing it's supposed to protect me from is not a threat to me. But the problem, Arya, is this isn't about you. The, at least that's what we're told. The, the vaccine isn't right. about you. It's protecting the other people around you. Well, if they're vaccinated, they'll be fine, right? Yeah, well, you would think. Uh, that's what I would think, too. <laughs> and that, that concerns me that here we have... I mean, this rhetoric has never happened during the flu shot. And people get the flu shots all the time. Yeah. And we've never heard people say that, hey, you've got to get this flu shot to protect me. Plus, as far as the evidence suggests... um, I'm immune to COVID-19 at the time because I've had COVID-19. And maybe that natural immunity will wane at some point, just as it does with, you know, the common flu. I don't know. But so could the immunity you get from the shot. And the shots certainly are waning. Sure. And you have to, I mean, I know the FDA has said that certain people should get boosters now. Yes, they have. Uh, Biden Mm -hmm. got his booster recently. So uh, apparently some people are saying they're not going to get a third shot. They're like, no, I, I jumped through all of your hoops. I did everything you said. You said we could go back to normal and we're still not going back to normal. I'm not getting any more shots because you're lying to us. I have a hard time believing that if people bought into it the first time around, if they were able to, you know, get coerced into, I mean, because they were threatening to fire people. They I still know, are. I just met a man today that he needs a kidney transplant and they they didn't take him off the list, but they like, so if he gets, he's still on the list, but if he gets to the top of the list and he's not vaccinated, they skip him and they'll no keep way. skipping him until he gets the vaccine. I think <sighs> a lot of people want that to happen. I think a lot of people say, if you're not vaccinated, you should not be treated anymore. 
A lot and, of people are saying that, and they're they're you know calling it. Oh, it's it's not messed up. It's just triage. But there's absolutely no evidence whatsoever to suggest that the vaccine is actually doing anything to prevent COVID-19 or to prevent deadly symptoms. Despite what people like to claim, the chances that COVID-19 was going to kill your average unvaccinated 35-year-old are extremely low. Yeah. Whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, COVID-19 just isn't likely to kill them. So they get vaccinated, and then they go out there and they, they catch COVID-19, and they're written down as, oh, this is proof that the vaccine works. No, it's proof that COVID-19 was never a threat to them. Yeah. And I'm still a firm believer that all of the people who were hospitalized had COVID so or they had such bad results from getting COVID. They were so sick because of the medications that they were given in the hospital. They are still giving people remdesivir to this day. And we know that remdesivir causes kidney failure, hypotension in multi-system organ failure. And they just are ignoring that. And they're letting people die. They're literally murdering all of these people. And I'm still seeing it. There was a man the other day at my hospital who I don't normally treat COVID patients, but this man was on um, some sort of medication that he needed to be on the cardiac floor. And I saw in his medication list that he was, in fact, being treated with remdesivir. So how do we know that remdesivir is causing these side effects? Where can we go look at this information? The NIH. The NIH. The NIH. They did a study. uh, It was for Ebola. There was four medications that they used. Two of the medications were experimental medications put out by Anthony Fauci, one of which was remdesivir. They had to take remdesivir off of the trial after two weeks. Because it was so deadly. So Fauci invented remdesivir or was responsible for it? Or he was it. promoting it, yeah. I'm not shocked to hear that. When we get back, we're going to talk more about this and how across the countries, doctors and nurses are dealing with hostility, threats, and violence from patients who are angry that they're not vaccinated. 603-283-6160. That's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. video archives for years on library because library is an uncensorable decentralized blockchain based media sharing protocol and we've been we've been big fans of it pretty much since we've heard about it i've loved i think it was 2016 when i first heard about library and i immediately fell in love with it they've since launched odyssey which is a video sharing website that's meant to compete with youtube because youtube is in a hurry to make itself obsolete by banning any sort of content that it doesn't like. Odyssey, on the other hand, doesn't censor you. And it now has more than 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. And if you are a YouTube creator, there's really no reason not to be on Odyssey, considering you can just click a few buttons and have all of your YouTube videos automatically moved onto library. And that you can also simultaneously stream there. It's really simple. There's no reason not to do it. You can watch our channel at video.freetalklive.com. That's video.freetalklive.com. Or if you really want to go all in, download the desktop app at library.com. And then every video you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. So check out our channel at video.freetalklive.com. That's video.freetalklive.com. Now with you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Riley. And we're talking about healthcare workers here. Because I remember, and some of these signs still exist, there was nothing more cringy last year that I saw than driving around Keene and seeing these stupid signs that said, like, heroes work here. I, yeah. Aria, I would, come on. Don't you, don't you want these people to be called heroes, though? I mean, here you are. 
you work in the health you, you don't work in healthcare, are you? But you do work as a as a you work in a at a pizza restaurant and here you are being an essential worker preparing pizzas for people to eat. Don't you want to be called a hero? No, and I would quit my job on the spot if they put one of those signs outside. Uh, At the nursing home I was working at in the beginning of COVID, they had a Heroes Work Here sign, and it was just like so ironic. And I think like everybody that worked there was like on the same page as me. It was super cringy because we were being treated so horribly. Like we were working overworked, underpaid. I imagine. Yeah, overworked, underpaid. Like working in these awful conditions. Like. It was just terrible. But Everybody Nikki, was miserable you're a hero. there. Congratulations, you're a hero now. Yeah, they're like, here's like a band-aid to put on that issue. Dr. Stu Kaufman generally agrees. He's a Dallas-based emergency room physician. He says, a year ago, we're healthcare heroes and everybody's clapping for us. And now we're being, in some areas, harassed and disbelieved and ridiculed for what we're trying to do, which is just depressing and frustrating. Cox Medical Center Branson in Missouri started giving panic buttons to up to 400 nurses and other employees after assaults per year tripled between 2019 and 2020. One nurse had to get her shoulder x-rayed after an attack. So this actually isn't from healthcare hero to villain because they're refusing to get vaccinated. It's just because patients seem to be losing their minds. I've been physically assaulted more times in my life over... I've been physically assaulted more times over the past year than I ever have in my life. And it's by patients? Who, yeah. What's, what's wrong with them? Are they just... Uh, most of them are withdrawing off of alcohol or like okay. opiates wow. or something. But That's got to be challenging. Get, yeah, it is pretty challenging. Like I've had grown men like punch me in the face, kick me. It's it's pretty Jesus. it's pretty rough. That sounds rough. That sounds very traumatic. I'm sorry that's happening to you. Yeah. And they're wondering why they have such low census. Yeah. You know? Some hospitals have limited the number of public entrances. In Idaho, nurses said they are scared to go to the grocery store unless they have changed out of their scrubs so that they aren't accosted by angry residents. I, this is all very weird to so me. So I've heard about that too. Uh, I, a lot of nurses, because in the beginning of COVID, everybody was like so scared and they thought that the nurses were contaminated and that their scrubs like still had COVID on it and that it was going to kill everybody. Good I Lord. heard a yeah, story. But they were heroes. I heard a story of a nurse that got somebody spit in her face at the grocery yeah, store, that and she was like, her. "Get out of here!" Wow. Yeah, this was like in the very beginning of COVID. I was that's, hearing a lot of these stories. Not wow. so much anymore, but even so, it's like we have this so-called deadly virus, and these people are working on the front lines, and you're gonna—that's some thanks, you know. Well, the virus is deadly for certain people, for sure. It is, but so is the flu and pneumonia. Doctors and nurses at an Idaho hospital have been accused of killing patients by grieving family members who don't believe that COVID-19 is real, said one hospital spokeswoman. Others have been the subject of hurtful rumors spread by people angry about the pandemic. Our healthcare workers are almost feeling like Vietnam veterans scared to go into the community after a shift, said a representative of their hospital. I think that's a little dramatic. That, that did seem a little dramatic. I just, like, it's, someone spitting in your face is not, not quite like Vietnam, but no, okay. it's, it's really not. I mean, you're not. I mean, the, the nurses aren't actually killing people and killing babies. They just have to watch people die who are dying of an illness. Yeah, and that's ju- part of the job. I mean, we watch people die from all sorts of stuff every day. I mean, it, it's terrible, but like, that's what it is. That's part of the job. Over Labor Day weekend in Colorado, a passerby threw an unidentified liquid at a nurse working at a mobile vaccine clinic in Denver. Another person in a pickup truck ran over and destroyed signs put up around the clinic's tent. This is this is so foreign to me that why are people so angry at 
nurses and doctors. So I think the big thing is anger is one of these emotions that comes from fear and also not feeling like they're being seen and heard. So something is going on where people aren't feeling seen and they're not feeling heard. And it's concerning to me because, you know, we're we're living in a time where everyone's battling with each other. Everyone's warring over COVID. Everyone's war- worrying over this and, and that. And it's so silly that here we are battling out in the streets. It's like slave on slave violence. Across yeah. the U.S., the COVID-19 crisis has caused people to behave badly toward one another in a multitude of ways. Well, shocking when you have the media telling the entire society that every single person out there is trying to kill them because they were not even trying to kill them, but could potentially kill them. They could spread this deadly, deadly disease. People are going to start behaving badly toward one another. That's an obvious result of telling people that, hey, that person, he could kill you. And that comes from fear. And that definitely comes from fear. When you when you make everyone live in fear of each other, they're going to get angry and they're going to get violence. Absolutely. Several people have been shot to death in disputes over masks in stores and other public places. Shouting matches and scuffles have broken out at school board meetings. A brawl erupted earlier this month at a New York City restaurant over its requirement that customers show proof of vaccination. Violence has always been a problem in the emergency department, said one emergency room physician, but the situation has gotten worse in recent months. Uh, The doctor said that he's been pushed up against a wall and has seen nurses kicked. It's, it's, It's a mess out there. Coggins said a patient told her that he wanted to strangle President Biden for pushing for vaccinations, prompting her to change the subject. She said security guards are now in charge of enforcing mask rules for hospital visitors so that nurses no longer have to be the ones to tell people to leave. Where is this going on? Uh, In several places. Oh, it doesn't say specifically? Well, that most recent one was Montana. Okay. Montana's a small state. I didn't think Montana would have such violent people. The hostility is making an already stressful job harder. Many places are suffering severe staffing shortages, in part because nurses have become burned out and quit. I have a good solution for these nursing staff shortages. Require them all to get a vaccine, even though 20% of them aren't going to do it. And then you'll have to fire them and you'll have to make that staffing shortage even worse. Yep. Absolutely stupid. If you have to fight with somebody about wearing a mask or if you aren't allowed to visit and we have to argue about that, that is stressful. It is stressful. It is. So the healthcare industry industry screwed. Not going to get any better anytime soon. There's also a supply chain issue. We're looking at quite possibly a full societal collapse if they don't get the supply lines moving again. And it remains to be seen whether or not they even can. 603-283-6160. That and more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It's Free Talk Live. You're invited to join us. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line if you want to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And I want to say thank you to Aaron, who was yesterday's amplifier. 
That means Aaron is a member of the AMP program. Aaron is actually a platinum member, which means that Aaron is giving $25 or more per month to the AMP program. You can find it at amp.freetalklive.com. It's amp.freetalklive.com. It's money that is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. And I actually don't know why I'm actually bothering to still promote the AMP program because it's about changes are on the way and the AMP program is transitioning to a different thing. Right now, you can't even pay with the card. So it's it's all messed up and it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed anytime soon. But you can still join with the other options that are available like PayPal and, of course, cryptocurrency. Anyway, I want to say thank you to Aaron for that, amp.freetalklive.com. If you like the show and you want to help us reach a larger audience, then that's the way to go, amp.freetalklive.com. Now, I have an update here. I just saw it. It actually just released today as well. An update on the process to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot, and this is coming from nhexit.us ultimately. A couple of weeks ago, Liberty State Representative Mike Sylvia filed his proposed constitutional amendment with Legislative Services, which is a governmental bureaucracy that reviews all proposed bills filed by the senators and state reps. Two weeks later, they returned to him the officially drafted CACR, or Constitutional Amendment Concurrent Resolution. Sylvia's proposed amendment wording was untouched, which is shocking to me because Legislative Services, they, they can gut these things if they want to, but they chose not to do that here. And in the Voter Guide, Voter's Guide, they added an excellent summary that's quoted here. At the present time, New Hampshire exists as a sovereign state of the United States of America. That There are all sorts of contradictions in that. You're not a sovereign state if you're a member of a larger organization that ultimately has control over you. No, you're not. You're generally part of that organization. You're not a sovereign state. Yes. If the amendment is adopted, New Hampshire will peaceably declare independence from the United States of America and proceed as its own sovereign nation. And in, in that case, the sovereign word actually applies. That should make it clear to voters what this amendment will do should it make it to the ballot. The next step is Sylvia must get his co-sponsors to sign on. He recently reported that he has several other reps who have told him they would like to co-sponsor, which is good. Presumably, the more co-sponsors you have to something, the better it looks to a committee. I don't know. He must submit the co-sponsors and any final changes by October the 7th, which is next Friday and immediate in like three days after the primaries here in New Hampshire. I think the primaries happen nationwide on the same date. I'm not sure. Yeah, they do, I believe. Then legislative services will assign a number to the bill. So it will be C-A-C-R-X, where X is whatever number they assign. And it will next be officially set for a committee hearing in early 2022. We don't have a date for that yet, but once we get to that point, it's going to be very important for people to actually come out to the committee, speak in front of them, and share your thoughts on this bill. You can find out more about this and stay up to date, it, stay up to date on it at nhexit.us. That's nhexit.us. Now, Nikki, you had a story, and I don't remember which one of these it actually was. Oh, home births and COVID-19. Because this is something that you do, right? I do. What is it exactly that you're you're training to be a midwife? Is that correct? Yes, I'm training to be a home birth midwife. So I'm a student midwife, and I am also a practicing doula. So the difference between doula and midwife, just really quick... Doulas are a supportive person for the mother and the family during birth, uh, before and after. And a midwife is a medical professional who is actually... So, like, doulas are not anything medical. They are just support people. 
Midwife. Like emotional support and let me get you a blanket sort of thing? Yep. Or okay. like, like I will do anything from like babysit someone's kids in labor if they need me to, or like if they're driving mom crazy, I'll drop kids off at grandma's house. You know, I'll cook, I'll clean, like whatever they need, I will do. Okay. But as in my future role as a midwife, it is more medical centered. So we are monitoring fetal heart tones. We are doing vital signs. We are... um we're doing all sorts of things to help get the baby born, basically. Sure. So yeah. extreme hospital COVID policies are leading to more pregnant women to choose home birth. And I actually know a lot of people who they would have gotten a, a hospital birth and they were either going to have to wear a mask while they were birthing or they while were- they were birthing. That yes. would be a little I don't know. I've never gone through childbirth. So I wouldn't know. But it just seems like it'd be really tough to have a mask on. Yeah. It would be next to impossible. I would Hold on. Not just <laughs> as they go to their room or whatever. Once they're in their room giving birth, they're still supposed to wear a mask. Yeah. So at the hospital that I work at, patients do not have to wear masks in their rooms. Like they do in the, hos- in the hallways, but in the rooms they can have the mask off. Which is at least a sensible approach. Otherwise, yeah. if you're in a hospital, you have to wear that thing over your face 24-7. Yeah. And some people are there for months. So going back to the to mothers in labor, some hospitals do, some hospitals don't. But even in Massachusetts, one of my friends, she was going to a hospital in Worcester and she was going to have to wear a mask in labor. And she was already having a bad time with her OB. Like they didn't click. She was super judgmental of her. And she was like, you know what? That was the final straw. I can that- imagine. So people in a lot, a lot of times insurance does not pay for home birth. And a lot of people are saying, you know, I'd rather pay the four or $5,000 to get a birth that I'm comfortable with in my home where, you know, I don't have to one, go through all of these crazy COVID measures and two, with a provider that respects my body and respects my bodily autonomy and isn't going to force unnecessary medical procedures on me. So a lot of women are kind of waking up to that in the fact that home births are safe for low-risk pregnancies. So what's what's better in the long run, home birth or or birthing the hospital, do you think? It depends. I mean, okay. I have heard horror stories of a lot of birth trauma, and I would classify it as some of the things that happen to women as sexual assault and obstetric violence. Oh. Because... Yeah. With, I, imagine, I mean, some of this obviously can't be talked about extensively on the air. Yeah, but basically the difference is a home birth midwife generally is always going to ask for your permission. I do not even palpate a woman's stomach without asking her permission. I don't like, know what that means. I Just, just, just feeling her uterus okay. and feeling the baby. So I don't, I do not put my hands on you without asking you first. That's which is, and, which really is nice sensible. that you're getting consent. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's giving someone the bodily autonomy. And I think a lot of the times pregnant women kind of lose that bodily autonomy. Doctors and nurses oftentimes think like that people don't, that they can just do whatever they want to people. And I don't want to generalize. And, you know, I do work as a nurse also. And like, I do respect people's bodily autonomy in that role. And like not all OBs and not all L&D nurses are like that. But I've just heard horror stories and a lot of people have that trauma and they're like, I'm never ha- I'm never putting myself in that position ever again. 
and a lot of the interventions. So we there's something that we call the sca- cascade of interventions. So it starts with first they're going to give you pitocin to induce labors. So now you have these unnatural, really strong, really painful contractions. So then you're going to want an epidural because you're in so much pain. And then there's complications that can happen from that. And then you might have to get a C-section because, you know, it uh, epidurals increase fetal distress. So there's a whole cascade of just like one thing, one medical intervention that they can do to you. And it just puts you down this landslide of other traumatic and unnecessary things that can happen to women. Okay. So... So that's my little home birth spiel. But going back to the article, with hospital births becoming increasingly unattractive as a result of COVID-19 protocols, many women are beginning to consider home births as an alternative. When I decided to have my third baby at home, I did so because I felt that a home birth with an experienced midwife would be the safest place for labor and delivery. More from this article when we come back. Yeah, one of the reasons that I would recommend home birth because uh, a friend of mine is actually dealing with this. I'm not going to name them, but they they wanted to do a home birth, but for whatever reason, they ended up having to go to the hospital. The mother ended up testing positive for cannabis, and now they're being investigated by DHS or whoever it is for for cannabis. Yep, which is ridiculous. (laughs) It is ridiculous. More coming up about this. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. If you want to join the conversation, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And one of those, the most disturbing things I've heard so far tonight is that some hospitals are requiring patients to wear masks in their rooms by themselves all the time. Like even if you're just laying in there sleeping and it's three o'clock in the morning, you have to wear your mask, presumably. That's crazy. Now, they may not be actually checking that. I I don't know if they're going to pop in there at 4 o'clock in the morning to make sure you're wearing your mask while you're sleeping, but you're supposed to. But hospitals are full of disease. we got to have everybody wear masks. They're safe. Well, I could even understand, you know, saying, knocking on the door and being like, hey, we're coming in. You need to put your mask on. I I would still say that's pretty stupid, but okay, whatever. I at least understand that. Or maybe, I don't know exactly how it is. Like, maybe they want them to do like a COVID test before... Which, I don't know. In my in hospital, which case, wearing a mask wouldn't be necessary, right? Yeah, because so I you've think tested negative. Yeah, so I think maybe that's it. And if you're in labor, like you wouldn't have time to get the test first. Okay. I don't really know exactly how it works, but I'm just like we don't do that where I work. That's just and thankfully because I w- I would not enforce that. I would not make patients. The reason wear masks. this disturbs me though is because I was given more freedom over whether to choose to wear a mask when I was in jail. Yeah. Than hospitals wow. are giving their patients. That's crazy. Like, if I was in the cell by myself, I, I wasn't asked to wear a mask, and no one cared whether or not I did, yeah. because I was in there by myself. Yeah. Yeah, why would they? <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. And that's one of the reasons that healthcare workers are so frustrated. That's one of the reasons that people are so frustrated with hospitals. And evidently, because of all of this, in addition to, you know, throwing unknown liquids at nurses and doing driving over signs and things like that, just general hooligan behavior that's sort of unexplained... People are choosing to just not go to hospitals, and instead, they're opting in for home births. And I do want a little disclaimer that OBs do have a skill that I don't have. You know, like if you needed an emergency cesarean section, or if you're really high risk and something is going wrong, like 
Yes, well, I imagine a hospital birth is a better place for you. But for low risk moms and babies, there's if you, if you're more comfortable in your home, then that's where you should birth. Even then, if you you feel more comfortable in a hospital, that's where you should birth. It's really up to the person and wherever they will feel most comfortable and most easy to relax. And that's what's going to have the best results for you and your baby. So it's really to each their own, like whatever people feel most comfortable with. And I imagine part of your job as a midwife is to identify these emergency situations as early yeah. as possible and say, hey, look, we're not going to be able to do this. You need to go to a hospital. You're going and, to need a C-section. And even like I've had, I've heard of obstetricians saying like with things like shoulder dystocias, you're better off with a home birth midwife because I'm taught 15 different ways and that's when the shoulder is presented when it's coming out okay. instead of the head so it's just the baby's little stuck we're taught 15 different ways to resolve that obies are taught one huh so there's there's different things that we can work around so the baby's gonna have the baby and the mother are gonna have better results with a home birth midwife generally if they are properly trained in those techniques so we both have a different skill set and it really is just, it depends on, you know, what people feel comfortable with and what the circumstances are in the birth. So I don't try to knock hospitals too much, but well, I have... Well, you work at a hospital, so... Yeah. So, you know, and I've seen some horror stories there too, which we won't get into. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I've heard, I, I work with women all day long and I've just heard some really, really sad things. And, you know, I'm just... I try to advocate for women and children as much as uh, for everybody, you know, but I, I sure. obviously work with women and babies. So, you know, I, I really try to advocate for them and to keep everybody's bodily autonomy safe. So that's why I'm really passionate about like home birth. But and I, I don't I don't try to knock hospitals too much. But so um, moving on with the article. This is by Carrie McDonald. She says, when I decided to have my third baby at home, I did so because I felt that a home birth with an experienced midwife would be the safest place for labor and delivery. My first two children were born in a large Boston teaching hospital and medical interventions there caused complications for me. My last two children were born at home on their own, on their own time with no interventions and no complications. You can read about my last home birth experience here. Um, so how many children did she have at the hospital? I thought she said she only has three children. That's what I thought. Oh, well. okay. So... She had two at the hospital. She had her third baby at home, and then I think she had another baby after that. It was a little, okay, a little confusing there. Um, so more women now are discovering for safety and joy of a planned midwife-assisted home birth. The coronavirus has caused unexpected. Uh, sorry, <laughs> the coronavirus has caused expecting parents to question the safety of a hospital birth with restrictive hospital policies such as mask wearing and visitor limitations, make labor and delivery in a hospital less appealing. According to Joyce Kimball, a certified professional midwife in Massachusetts, I actually know who that is, <laughs> <laughs> more women are considering a home birth now that they... More women are considering a home birth now than they were pre-pandemic. They are putting like commas not in the right places and it's like really... Tripping me up. So my apologies if I like sound like I'm unable to read. (laughs) I mean, it's not just giving birth, though. A lot of people are choosing to do things at home instead of dealing with any sort of things, getting home deliveries and things like that, because they don't want to go to the grocery store and deal with the customer or a a employee be like, hey, you got to wear a mask. Yeah, it's getting more and more common for people to have their stuff delivered or have takeout delivered or whatever. 
And I can't imagine like being in labor and having to choose between like my best friend, Matt and my mom. I mean, like, that's like a big thing, too. I mean, are they only allowing one person in now? I know they've always had limits. Yeah. At some hospitals they are. But I think back in. So my friend had her baby in December of 2019 and she had like five people in the delivery room. So like she had a crowd. She had her aunt, her mom, her sister and her husband and somebody else. So before I think you could kind of have like obviously like you couldn't have like 20 people in there. But sure. I think you could have pretty much whoever you wanted and now having to choose between your mom and I mean, you're only going to give birth to this child once. I mean, this is like a life changing event for people. So to make people Especially choose their first child. Yeah. To make to put people in that position like that just really sucks. So I could understand why a lot of people are want are choosing home births. So. Well, she, if you don't have to deal with the bureaucratic nightmare that is the hospital, then it's win-win. Yeah, exactly. So Joyce continues to say, my practice has seen an uptick in the interest of home birth in the com- and community birth since the spring of 2020. She runs one of the busiest home birth practices in the state. Prior to 2020, I would receive one to two calls per week from folks interested in a non-hospital birth. Now I receive about four to five calls per week. And um, the midwife I work with, Renee Lapointe, is also seeing a huge uptick. Oh wow! In um, in home births, and it, and it makes sense because you know people are finding out that it's safe, and they're finding out that you know they don't have to wear a mask, and their husband and their mom can be there. So you so know it makes sense. It's interesting to me that home births are on the rise because I, I I guess part of my mind envisions home birthing types to be. The types of people who might be afraid of hospitals or the types of people that are very anti-medical health care. I don't know what kinds of people. Well, I don't generally trust the medical establishment. But if if my, you know, significant other was going to give birth and home birthing was a possibility, I would rather that. I mean, it's her choice, obviously. I would rather that. Just like I would rather a private school or home or homeschooling over the public education system, just like the public education system, the healthcare system we have in the United States is largely a public healthcare system, and it's not very good at a lot of things. Yeah, and um, I I see we see all different kinds of people. We do see like those earthy crunchy people. <laughs> we do see people who would are, you call them earthy crunchy people? Earthy crunchy, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess is one um, way to put it. You know, like like hippie types yeah. or like people who don't really want to vaccinate their children or, you know, so. But we also see like some doctors, we see some nurses, we see all different kinds of people who, you know, not just people who don't trust uh, the medical model. But I, I tend to say hospitals are for sick people and low risk mothers aren't sick. So mm, why would you go to the hospital to birth if you're not sick? And when you go to the hospital to birth, they treat you like a sick person. They give you an IV. They, you know, might administer medications. So, you know, they're going to give your baby erythromycin in their eyes just in case you had, I think it's either gonorrhea or chlamydia. So they're going to spray something in your baby's eyes? Yeah, wouldn't, yeah, it's a little eye drop. It's an antibiotic. Wouldn't you know if you had... A sexually transmitted disease before probably and, not chlamydia because it, it but they could test rarely, you for it okay, so why are point. they giving you unnecessary antibiotics in their baby's eyes that's a really good question it's I just mean, like random little stuff like that that i'm like seriously guys like why are we doing these to baby like why are we doing these things to babies it just doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't
When we get back, we're going to talk about Apple, the, I don't know, the woke company for the left, I guess. Yeah. They're very popular on the left. Well, they're not very popular among those who need some of their assistive features that have gone away. After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back, and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emma Jean, and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. 603-283-6160. That's the call line if you want to join in the conversation. 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. E- Riley, sorry. And Nikki. <laughs> no worries. And with the recent release of iOS 15, Apple appears to have made some changes to Siri functionality that have removed features relied on by low vision and blind iPhone users. Now, these features already existed. I can't imagine what rationality they had for removing these already existing features from Siri. That sort of thing happens all the time with new releases with Apple. They mess everything up for disabled users. I know every single year I monitor forums that blind people post on about these iOS updates. And every year Apple has so many bugs, accessibility bugs, that it's just frustrating because if if a normal release of any software had as many bugs that disabled blind people are dealing with, then people would be outraged. But yet there isn't a lot of outrage anywhere. There isn't a lot of pushback toward Apple because of these major bugs. And it's hard to get bug reports submitted because are we being listened to? I mean, blind people don't represent a massive amount of iPhone users. I mean, plus, if they remove some of these features, it may be difficult to actually get in touch with support. Oh, sure. And I don't use iOS 15 yet. I have not updated my phone because of the uh, because of all the bugs. I'm waiting until it's more stable. Sure. And I'm just concerned that because blind people are being virtually ignored by Apple, it seems like, they claim to be all about helping people with disabilities like the blind or with or impairments or whatever but here they are demonstrating that they don't they don't really care they only do that to virtue signal uh clearly several siri commands that provide details on phone calls voicemails and sending emails no longer appear to be working the following commands used to be functional but have recently been removed do i have any voicemails play my voicemail messages now that's an obvious feature to have it that's probably one that is used by people who can see. Yeah, I use a lot of those features. Check my call history. Check my recent calls. Who called me? Obviously useful if you can't look down at your phone and see who called you. Send an email and send an email to person. So they took away those features? Yeah, they did. As they, far as I'm aware. I, I, like I said, I haven't updated yet, so I haven't tested this, but yeah. it sounds like they have removed these features. Yeah, Rally's... 
suggests that it may just be the result of bugs as well, that yeah. they just you know didn't bug check the accessibility features or whatever, or the new version of Siri. I, I don't know how it works. Which it seems likely because it seems like disabled people are the back of the line, so to speak. It's like... I, I would. Seems, I mean, they, accessibility I, features would be an important thing to beta test for sure. Oh, sure, and you know, it feels like, uh, you know, I I was born blind, so I'm used to having this quote unquote disability. But it feels like I'm getting a quote unquote separate but equal product. Yeah, in a way, because a lot of people just want to have. Um, they want to claim that, oh, blind people should get special products. No, we want to have the same access to the same devices our sighted peers are using. And iPhones and smartphones have revolutionized that for us in a lot of ways. I mean, I it's nice for me to be able to pull out my phone, have the same iPhone that someone else has, and be able to access the same sort of things everyone else does to some extent. But... I mean, if, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, for sure. But it seems like people with disabilities are being ignored to some extent. It's It, it seems like it's always been that way. It seems like we who have a disability have to advocate harder for the things that we want because we're being ignored. Over the last two weeks, the, uh, this site has received several emails from iPhone users who are missing this key Siri functionality or their relatives who are attempting to help them navigate the changes. The Siri feature removals have also been documented on the Apple Viz forums for blind and low vision users of Apple products. One person said, one of the people whom I support told me that she could no longer use Siri to send email from her iPhone 8 with iOS 14. I tried on my phone, on my iPhone with iOS 15, and the response from Siri was, sorry, I can't help with that. So she can no longer even send an email using iOS 14. Because huh. of whatever changes huh. there have been made to Siri. That's what I would have expected is that Siri is centralized on Apple servers. So when they update Siri, it affects yeah. all versions of iOS. But I yeah. don't know. Yeah, probably. But now Siri is saying, sorry, I can't help with that. Subsequently, I've had the same response on a phone running iOS 12. If this is a deliberate feature removal, it's certainly a loss to some users with sight loss who find it a convenient way to send a brief email. And probably the only way they can go about sending an email. For some people, yeah, I I can send an email differently, but it takes me a little longer. I, I saw you tapping on your phone earlier, and it, it was impressive. Prior to this last iOS update, if Siri was asked to play voicemail, Siri would. Now Siri just states that she can't do that. Trying to find a workaround, as my dad, who is completely blind, heavily relied on this feature. My sister is blind, and Siri would respond to voice commands, i.e. read my text, call Barbara, answer questions regarding weather, and most importantly, tell my sister who called her. Which, again, is probably very helpful for people who can't look down at the phone and see who called them. Absolutely. I can't imagine that they would purposely take away these features. I would think that it would have to be some sort of bug or, I would you know. Th- or an oversight. Yeah, yeah an or oversight, an oversight. That's what That's what we're hoping here. But, I don't know, Apple has a history of leaving bugs on their systems for quite some time. I know. So I use a, a, a piece of software on my phone called VoiceOver, which is different than Siri. It allows me to interact with the screen on the iPhone. And okay. so using VoiceOver, there's always some sort of bug with every update. It seems like some bugs have persisted forever, though. And it's really frustrating because 
To be fair, that's pretty much true of every piece of software I've ever used is they update something and it creates a bug somewhere else. That's why I have updates just completely disabled on my yeah. gaming PC because Microsoft is bad about that as well. Yeah, They update this. I mean, virus software, antivirus software is one of the worst offenders. I've seen you know, McAfee antivirus just brick computers because of yeah. deleting system files and things like that and having... It's absolutely horrifying what some of these companies do when they're actually beta testing their software or they just don't pay attention to their beta testers. Yeah. It's worth noting that it's still possible to ask Siri to play the most recent voicemail message that's available or a voicemail from a specific person, but Siri will not read out a list of all the available voicemails. The Siri commands seem to have appeared disappeared when I when iOS 15 was released. But iOS 14 users are also not able to use them anymore, so it's not an issue tied to the operating system. They asked Apple for a comment on whether this was a bug or if there are alternate commands available for users. Wouldn't, isn't the whole point of Siri is that she's supposed to be able to do some sort of natural language interpretation yeah. Yeah, where you don't have to use specific commands? Yeah, that's the whole point of Siri. It's supposed to be a, a better voice assistant, assistant every time it updates. But it doesn't, that rarely happens. And I have, that happens to me all the time when I'll use Siri while I'm driving. And she's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't understand you. Or sorry, I can't help you with that. I I rarely can use any of her features. So I, I was just able to send a text message using Siri for the first time the other day. Wow. And that's because I was really desperate because I was driving. And I was like, I need to contact this person right now. I don't have time to pull over. And I'm not going to text while I'm driving. So... And it worked, so that was the first time I actually got it to work, honestly. I have no experience with Siri, but I briefly played around with the Google Voice Assistant, and I was not impressed. And no. it required me to always have my microphone on and Google always listening. So I was yeah, just like, I yeah, don't, I don't. yeah. So I actually don't have Hey Siri, which is the feature that keeps the microphone on, always on my phone. I turn that off because I don't like having that going sure. on. Yeah, I don't blame you. So this, these people waited several days for a response from Apple, but did not hear back. A user on the AppleVis forum spoke to Apple support and was told that Apple is aware of the issue. So there's a possibility that this function will be re-added at some point. But it's it's still disgusting that they didn't make it front and center as something they needed to make sure was available in their new version of Siri or whatever it is they have going on. Really unfair to people who cannot see to not be able to use their phones because oh, Apple and... It's a big deal for those people. Yeah. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. When we get up, when we come back, we're going to talk more about those trillion-dollar coins that could fix everything. It's Free Talk Live. Live, where you call in, take control of the airwaves, and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160 is the call in line to do that. That's 603-283-6160. And you can get your digital tickets now for Liberty and Our Lifetime, an event being hosted by the Free Private Cities Foundation. Physical tickets are sold out, but you can still get virtual tickets at LifetimeLiberty.com. Liberty in Our Lifetime is exploring projects happening right now around the world that are working to achieve that lofty goal of securing freedom in our lifetime. Speakers from Crypto Valley, Prospera, the Sea Standing Institute, and more 
are speaking at this October 16th event. So go get your digital tickets now at LifetimeLiberty.com and see what people are doing all around the world to create voluntary societies with a live and let live attitude at LifetimeLiberty.com. Again, LifetimeLiberty.com. I was actually, I was on vacation when I learned that they had actually sold out of physical tickets. I was talking about the something in regard to it with Mark. He's like, oh, well, you, you can cancel that. They're sold out. I was like, oh, <laughs> Mark, I'm in Kentucky. I don't know about updating this at the moment. And I'm also hammered and it's two o'clock in the morning, but I will do what I can. Bad time. <laughs> <laughs> However, they do still have virtual tickets, LifetimeLiberty.com. Now, I had something pulled up and then I lost it. So give me one second because I had to click that over because I no longer had it in front of me. Australia is a weird beast these days. I mean, it's it's a full-blown police state. I think we can all agree on that. I definitely agree. I mean, I've, I've heard about Australia being fully locked down and people being harassed. I mean, you're, you're basically locked in your house 23 hours a day in New South Wales. Which is basically house arrest. Like it, it is absolutely is under. house arrest. And you're allowed one hour of exercise. Oh, you get your yard time. Oh my yes, gosh. per day. In, yeah, that literally is like yard time. Only one hour? That's crazy. It, it is crazy. exactly yard time. And worse, <laughs> the New South Wales police are texting you at random, yeah. and you have 15 minutes to respond with a selfie of you in your house. What if your phone's turned off? Well, they're the, 15 minutes later, they're going to send the police out there. That's ridiculous. To make sure that you are where you're supposed to be. Oh, yes, they wow. are full-blown police state. And despite all of that, their total COVID-19 cases have now topped 100,000. And officials are taking things even further. Sydney residents who are not vaccinated against COVID-19 risk being barred from various social activities, even when they are freed from stay-at-home orders in December. But Aria, we have to, we, we can't allow unvaccinated people to participate in society. It's too dangerous. Well, what alarms me about this most is that they have currently, they're basically giving up and saying, we're not lifting this lockdown until December, which means we have to get wow. all the way through October and November. And that, it's probably going to be the end of December before they actually do it. And what is their reasoning for that? Like, do they have any, like, studies that they're citing? Or no. are they have any sort of data or evidence that this is going to help? Like, I don't really understand it's, what they're doing. It's supposed to prevent the spread of COVID-19, right? But it's not. No, so. and one county or state in Australia, how are they referred to? One territory just had one guy test positive for COVID-19 and they're scrambling to figure out, you know, how did he get it? Because Who cares? we're under lockdown. Like, it's okay, Australia. Just chill out. Like, it doesn't matter how he got it. It kind of does because there's no interstate travel in Australia. Except, And this guy didn't go anywhere. He stayed yeah, in his home. Better. He obeyed all the rules. And suddenly he has COVID-19. So I'm, yeah, really con- weird. I'm really concerned about the lockdowns here in Australia because they're going to really, really really affect the mental health of these people locked down. It's going to drive them crazy. It's going to create a lot of isolation and loneliness issues, and it's really going to cause a lot of problems. Yes, we can socialize online, but it's not the same as getting a hug. And spring just started in Australia. As I understand it, COVID would be the, uh, December would be the start of summer for them. So Yeah, so why would they still be locked down? I'm thinking like our seasonal cycles. So yeah, that doesn't make sense that they're already saying, oh, you have to be locked down until December. That would maybe make sense here because that's like the fall, like flu season. Well, I thought January and February were our worst 
flu season. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like when they... I, it makes more sense to lock down during the fall than it would in the summer. Well, they're not locking down during the get. summer. They're ending it during the summer. Because summer for them would start on December 22nd, right? Oh, okay. I think I'm just confused. Because they're in the Southern Hemisphere. I know. I was don't, confused Don't by mind me. And I don't know my uh, Australian seasons. It, <laughs> and it's so weird to me to think about them celebrating, you know, Christmas in the at the very beginning of summertime. But it's definitely yeah. different, isn't it? I mean, we picture winter being Christmas and yeah. Thanksgiving, at least in the American part of the world of Thanksgiving and fall holidays and winter holidays being Christmas and New Year's. And here, Australia and New Zealand and those countries down south, they're celebrating these holidays during the summer. I'm I'm curious what Australian Christmas songs there are because they're they're not dreaming of a white Christmas down there. Obviously, no. I don't know of any Australian Christmas songs. I think we ought to look. But into neither that. are uh, people in Texas. Also fair, but it does occasionally snow in parts of Texas. Yeah, maybe there are, there are probably some parts of the state that don't get snow. But anyway, under a roadmap to exit lockdown in Australia's biggest city. Unvaccinated people are already subject to delays and freedoms that will be gradually granted to inoculated residents between October the 11th and December the 1st. So as they're entering spring, people who are vaccinated are going to get more freedom than people who are unvaccinated. This person whose name I'm not going to attempt said people who choose not to be vaccinated could be barred entry to shops, restaurants and entertainment venues even after the state lifts all restrictions against them on December the 1st. So I... I read a lot of tweets from people on the left on Twitter, and they always make the claim that if you don't get vaccinated, you shouldn't be allowed to participate in society because you're not allowing yourself to keep others safe. I would gladly agree to that if they're not going to put a gun to my head and make me obey their little government rules. But they're not putting a gun to your head, are you? But the government absolutely is putting a gun to my head and, you know, literally did so a little over six months ago. But (laughs) even that, metaphorically, yes, every law that is on the books is the government putting a gun to your head because if you don't obey the law they will ultimately arrest you and if you don't agree to be arrested they will kill you yeah that's true and you can also get and spread covid if you're vaccinated you can and that was one of the things that bothered me most about louder than life you know if it is a super spreader event if people go back and now now covid's out of control and it's because of louder than life they're going to blame the unvaccinated for it but if you were unvaccinated, you had to prove that you did not have COVID-19 with <laughs> with one of the actual test results. Yeah, so that you means... You could not go there if you had COVID and were unvaccinated. However, yeah. if you were vaccinated, that was all they needed, even though all the science shows that you can still get COVID and spread it if you're vaccinated. So it would be the fault of the vaccinated. Yeah, and that's how it is in most places. I know one of the rules for the medical exemption where I work, if you don't want to get vaccinated... One of the things was you have to get tested weekly. Which but is better. The vaccinated, the vaccinated people don't have to, though. So Right, and that's in full disregard of the science that says very clearly the vaccinated people can still get and spread yeah. COVID-19 with just as much viral load, just as much contamination as people who are unvaccinated. But it's not the unvaccinated people spreading COVID-19 because they're the ones who still have to get tested and prove that they're not positive for COVID-19. It's pretty much a broken system here. It's just... It's all about obedience and complying and getting that stupid jab, whether it works or not. 603-283-6160. Brute Force.
intransigent defiance, adamantine will. These are the hallmarks of the AI tank. These gigantic machines have the firepower of an army, but they also have their own sense of honor and duty. When the world breakers arrive, battle will be joined, planets will shake, and war and peace will never be the same again. World Breakers. Stories from David Weber, Larry Correa, and more. Available August 3rd from BaneBooks.com. It's Aria, Riley, and Nikki. And Bitcoin.com is the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you don't know anything about this important world-changing information, get on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Getting Started at the top of the page. Just take a few minutes out of your day and watch these videos that will explain to you the basics of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and what it is and how it works. Because it's changing the world and it's only going to continue changing the world as, you know, it's easy to forget that bitcoin is only like 10 12 years old i don't yeah. remember i th- i think it's probably 11 years at this point I and don't... it's done really well i love how bitcoin's doing right now it has done exceptionally well it was the best investment of the decade for 2010 to 2020 by by an enormous margin oh, for sure because you got to remember at one point bitcoin was a penny each yeah and people yeah. people forget that bitcoin isn't just an investment it's a currency well it wants to be a currency well, it's, it's unusable as one for yeah the most that's part. true i mean the network's all clogged up and the fees are really astronomically high but it's supposed to be a currency it's supposed to be allowed it's supposed to be a currency to help the unbanked and those living in poorer countries have money Absolutely. So head on over to Bitcoin.com. And if you already are knowledgeable about cryptocurrency, Bitcoin.com still has something for you. You can stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. That's news.bitcoin.com. All on a sleek and easy to use modern website. So we're talking about Australia here, which is being rather open and transparent, at least, which is surprising for a police state, about their two-tier system, which is designed to encourage more people to get vaccinated. No. That's not true at all. It's creating class warfare. It's designed to punish people for being unvaccinated. You're not offering them a reward. You're not saying, hey, get vaccinated and we'll give you tickets to Disney World or whatever. You're saying, hey, if you want to have the right to go to the grocery store, you have to get vaccinated. That's a very different thing than encouraging people. So I I think people need to understand that rights do not come from government. They are inherent in your life. You have the right to associate with whom you wish. And that being said, if you're forcing your company on someone else, that's a problem. But the unvaccinated people and the vaccinated people are at war because they feel like someone is being forced on them. And it's not the case. This is the story you're being told. I don't know how true it is. Um, None of the people who I know who are vaccinated give me any sort of hard time about being unvaccinated. They don't they don't hate me for being unvaccinated. Most of there are some like hard left people who are very young, like 22 years old, and probably hardcore socialists who are constantly calling this a, vac- a pandemic of the unvaccinated or whatever. But by and large, yeah. I don't think the average person is really buying this particular hate cell. I don't think I've I, met anybody that who has attacked me for being unvaccinated. I mean, I'm huh. 
being threatened to lose my job, but I guess that's about it. And that's largely because of the Biden administration. Let's yeah, that's not. And honestly, like my manager personally would not fire me. Right. If it was up to her. Wow. See, I'm in a crappy position where my manager also would not fire me if it was up to her. But because of that, she's also willing to just lie and say I'm vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> I don't because I want nothing more to get fired from this place. And it's proving very difficult. <laughs> It's been criticized for both this two-tier system for both penalizing vulnerable groups who have not had access to inoculations and for falling short of providing a real incentive for the vaccine hesitant. Yes, because as we pointed out, this isn't a incentive. It's it's like you're smacking someone and you said, hey, your incentive is that I will stop doing this. Yeah, it's like the stop hitting yourself thing where you grab yeah. someone's hand and you smack them in the face. An incentive would be like, hey, if you do this... I'll give you a candy bar or whatever. Yeah. But aren't people being offered lottery tickets and things like that in the United States for getting a vaccine? They were, and those were actually incentives. I don't know how successful they were, and I don't know whether or not they're still going on. But there was a time when people were, you know, being given 50 bucks or yeah. gift cards to wherever just for getting vaccinated. The most ridiculous incentive I had ever heard was in Worcester, Massachusetts on South Main Street, which is known for being, you know, having high drug rates. They were going around and giving people like $30 or $50, which Probably is... Probably in cash. Yeah, in cash, like just enough for a fix <laughs> to get vaccinated. Oh, that, that's interesting. Yeah. That's hilarious. How did they know they spent the money on the vaccine, on getting vaccinated? Or- well, I don't getting know. vaccinated is free. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think they like got, brought them to get vaccinated and then like right after they were like, okay, here's your $30 to, okay. you know, buy your drug of choice. Wow. In Australia, pubs, cafes, gyms, and hairdressers will reopen to fully vaccinated people on October the 11th in New South Wales, which is where Sydney is. And more curbs will be eased once 80% of its adult population becomes fully vaccinated, expected by the end of October. Now, one of the things, I don't like the United Kingdom, I don't like any of the stuff that its government does, and I don't like the health passes in general. Well, I, I hate the health passes, but there is at least allow you to say that you're immune because you've had COVID-19. Which makes sense. It does make sense. The ones here in the United States that we've seen so far don't give you that option. And the government of New South Wales is also not giving people that option. I wish that option was available because from what I've heard, natural immunity is better. Which is what we would expect. I, I would expect my body to be better at fighting a disease in general than... You know, human human ingenuity, especially when it's a year and a half into this. It's weird that uh, COVID is being treated differently than other viruses, because I don't know if you guys have ever heard of like chicken pox parties or like the chicken pox lollipops. Yeah, but those are no longer allowed. Well, yeah, because you have to get vaccinated against chicken pox, but they work perfectly fine. I know like people used to have their kids suck on a lollipop and then they'd mail it to somebody else's kid and then they'd pass it around and they would all get chicken pox. They'd get it. They'd get over it. And then they have immunity. I don't know. I don't think pox parties are the smartest way to do it, but okay. I mean, they were, it worked for me. I, mean, teach I had own. chicken pox and then that was but it. But the, the point is, like, I'm not saying anything against the chicken pox vaccine. I'm vaccinated against chicken pox. What I am saying is that the I'm natural immunity works. It, but it's because I'm naturally immune to it. Yeah, the, the natural immunity for chicken pox works. Hmm. So Australia is pursuing a faster reopening through higher vaccination rates despite persistent infections. 
Interestingly, the same thing is true in Israel, where they have a very high vaccination rate and still their COVID-19 cases are climbing. The Delta-fueled outbreak has divided state and territory leaders, with some presiding over virus-free parts of the country, indicating that they will defy a federal plan to reopen borders once the adult population reaches 80% vaccination, which is expected in November. So these virus-free parts of the country will do not want to reopen their internal borders once the restrictions are lifted. Because even though they don't have COVID-19 there, they're so terrified of strangers bringing it in that they may not actually reopen. I think this is the problem with the wording that we're being exposed to. The wording is pandemic. It inspires fear in people. And when people are afraid, they lose their rationality. I don't think the word pandemic inspires fear in people anymore. We've had it thrown at us consistently for the last year and a half. To me, pandemic is just a normal word that means nothing at this point. Well, maybe I spend way too much time on social media, so... The number of COVID-19 cases recorded by Australia since the beginning of the pandemic topped 100,000 on Tuesday, with around 70% of those detected since a Delta variant-fueled wave hit the country in mid-June. So despite the lockdowns that they've had since mid-June, I I don't know exactly when the lockdowns went into place, but they've been in place for a very long time. 70% of Australian cases of COVID-19 have been since mid-June. New South Wales reported 863 new cases yesterday which is up from 787 a day earlier. And again, they're one of the most locked down places in the world. The lockdowns do not appear to be working for New South Wales. The Northeast state of Queensland reported four cases, including its first mystery case in almost two months. Officials are racing to trace the source after an aviation worker who has not traveled interstate or overseas recently somehow contracted the virus. Well, they got it from someone yeah. because it, it doesn't just spontaneously appear. Yeah, something had to happen. So could lo- be a false positive. It could very well be. But one thing is for sure, the lockdowns there don't seem to be doing any good. And they're certainly not doing any good for the people of Australia or New South Wales. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us, 603-283-6160, if you'd like to weigh in or share your opinions on whatever is important to you. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria, Riley, and Nikki. And we talked about it a bit last night, but I found it in the news today, so I want to talk about it again. The trillion-dollar coin... That Washington is eyeing as a solution to the budget problem. Wait, a trillion dollar coin? Yes. They, oh my goodness. They want to print a coin. Oh, not print. They want to mint a coin. <laughs> what are it, they going to make this coin out of? Probably platinum or something. And they're just going to write, basically write 10 trillion, I mean, 1 trillion on it and give it to the Federal Reserve Bank and say, here, we paid a trillion dollars of the national debt. I really what? hope the value of that platinum is actually one trillion dollars. Oh, it absolutely, it absolutely won't be. It'll just be a platinum coin with trillion stamped on it. And I love everything about it. It's just going to be a penny <laughs> with like <laughs> taped like a piece of paper. <laughs> one trillion. That, funny. that is just so funny that 
these these people are considering this. <laughs> Talk of a trillion dollar U.S. coin has returned to Washington now that Congress is mired in yet another political impasse over raising the debt ceiling. And as we mentioned last night, they're going to raise the debt ceiling. They're just going to create a bunch of drama before they do it. Oh, it, of course they are. Yeah, they do this inevitable. every single time. They, they keep do. printing money. The dollar is going to go through a meltdown eventually. It's just being kicked down the road a little more. And eventually they won't be able to do that. The idea for the pricey platinum, which would be unprecedented, but not necessarily illegal. In fact, I think it would be completely legal, was originally floated in 2011 as a runaround in the recurring war between Democrats and Republicans. Look, look, can we stop using the word the word war to yeah. describe the bickering between Democrats and Republicans? They're both on the same team. They just Well, they bicker. Yeah. You know, they disagree and but calling it a war is so stupid. They just need to go away. They do. They, they do. really do. It's Th- so that's stupid. why I want them to make. That's why I want them to make this trillion dollar coin. It makes the government go away even faster I because know. people will see it for the sham. It really is. I can't wait for the U.S. dollar to just collapse. And that's why I brought in this article because some of the comments that the economists make clearly reveal that they don't understand how any of this actually works. Oh man! Champions of this idea are pointing to a 1997 law, which in theory would allow the Treasury Secretary to authorize a platinum coin at the value of his or her discretion. The president could direct the Treasury Secretary to mint a $1 trillion piece. $1 trillion piece. Wow. I like someone who's watching at youtube.freetalklive.com suggesting where, is they're going to do this, they have to use the Monopoly guy as the face <laughs> of the coin. Yes. They have to do that. So oh, you guys man. you guys are frequently talking about the dollar collapsing and some people are excited about it and some people aren't. I don't know where I fall on this because I can see how problematic such a thing would be in, in society. Yeah. To me, it's just I mean, Darwinism, man. Anyone who's been watching the economy just since I've been in an adult and they don't realize that there's some huge underlying problem that need, needs to be addressed. And they didn't take the time to look into that because they have, for some reason, faith in the government that has lied to them their entire lives. It's time for some Darwinism to happen, man. They brought this on themselves. Hmm. Those of us who paid attention and went, wait a minute, man. Something is not right here. Yeah. Why did all of this money just get shifted to Halliburton and Lockheed Martin? And why is Dick Cheney... One of the CEOs or owners of Halliburton, and he's the one who was. If none of this made people raise questions, then, then they deserve the struggle that's going to come. So, Aria, someone might make the comment, "Well, you're just unsympathetic to people because of your Darwinism comments." What would you tell well, them? I have sympathy for people who deserve sympathy, but people who are just burying their heads in the sand, who who weren't concerned the last time they raised the debt limit, who aren't paying any attention. The people who voted for me when I ran for office, I have no sympathy for them. They deserve what's coming to them, right? Oh, wow. And, and that's... Oh, the, the people that voted for you just because you had an R next to your name? Yeah. And yeah. it's true of Democrats as well. And people who are, you know, they support the, the Federal Reserve simply because it has the word federal in it. They deserve what's coming to them. Hmm. The government has made it clear my entire life that it cannot be trusted Ever. It lies all the time about anything, whether there's a benefit in lying about it or not. It just lies. And these people are still putting their faith and their trust in the government. Two years ago, two years ago, the people on the left were screaming that government couldn't be trusted. And it was because of uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, because Trump was in power. Now they're like, oh, we love the government. The government's the best thing that ever happened to us because Biden's in power. Yes, and now Republicans are saying, oh, we can't trust the government anymore. And none of them are looking around trying to identify what the actual underlying issue is. And the issue is that government has lied. It doesn't matter which thug is occupying the awful office. Every 
government official has lied to you at some point in your life. Such a maneuver would bypass Congress, which is again flirting with disaster. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned on Tuesday that the government would run out of cash unless the federal borrowing cap is lifted. And again, just compare this to your life where you're where you're telling your spouse, hey, look, we're going to run out of money. We're going to be broke if we don't get our credit card limit increased. If your wife or your husband doesn't divorce you after that stupid statement, <laughs> then you also deserve the bankruptcy that's oh, wow. coming. But that's exactly what's happening here. They're like, hey, yeah. we're in too much debt. We're not bringing in enough money. The only way we're going to survive another six days is if we borrow more money. It's absolutely insane. And people hear this and they don't think, yeah, no, that that's not going to work. This entire system is broken and I need to be getting into gold or cryptocurrency or something so that I'm prepared when this nonsense comes to a head, then they deserve that. Well, there's also people at head of economics in air quotes saying that, no, you shouldn't worry about this. Like, this is all fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. Don't worry. It's going to be just fine. You're going to get your money. Don't worry. Don't worry. Though it may seem far-fetched, the idea got far enough during the 2003 impasse that the Treasury Department explicitly ruled out minting the coin. Former President Barack Obama alluded to the internal talks over the concept in a January 2017 podcast, saying there were all kinds of wacky ideas. But the solution has hardly been embraced by mainstream economists. Critics include economist Paul Krugman, who, by the way, I think is one of the people who hates Bitcoin, who wrote in March 2020 that the idea was, quote, an accounting gimmick that, quote, wouldn't fool anyone. Yes, but the entire Federal Reserve thing that is going on here where the the Treasury Department creates some notes and the Federal Reserve buys those notes and then the Treasury Department has to buy the notes back, but with an interest and the Federal Reserve only takes their currency in order to buy them back. The entire thing is an accounting gimmick between banks and governments adding zeros to a spreadsheet to make themselves richer and us poorer. So let's talk about something real quick. People need to realize that the dollar does not have the purchasing power it did in 1913. And you have it to doesn't ask have the purchasing power why. that it had six months ago. Yeah. I agree. It's ridiculous. People need to understand that the dollar is dropping in value. It's dropping in purchasing power. And they're not even screaming about it. They just don't seem to care. Well, that's why they've always referred to inflation as the hidden tax. You know, it happens so insidiously and so slowly until you hit hyperinflation. That, that they just don't notice that, hey, you know, didn't, didn't a 20-ounce soda used to cost $1.09, and now it's a 16.9-ounce soda, and it's $1.79? What, what caused that? They don't realize that the quantities of things have gotten smaller, the portions yep. got smaller, and that the price went up. And that's one of the ways they hide the inflation. They're like, oh, inflation is only up 5%. I'm like, you say that, but all of these prices are up significantly over just where they were 15 years ago. And the quantity smaller. Yeah. I was doing some grocery shopping here in New Hampshire, picking up some stuff so I could have some food to eat. And there were shortages on the shelf. It's, it's crazy. There are yeah. shortages everywhere and they're going to get worse. And people who work in that, you know, the supply line, they're like, hey, this is um, there's something really bad coming. And we're going to get into that later. But congressional Republicans have opposed raising the debt ceiling. No, they haven't. They just they're, they're delaying <laughs> their approval of it. Arguing that President Joe Biden's enormous proposed investments in infrastructure and social programs are fiscally irresponsible. Which is a good point. Joe Biden's four trillion ish dollar thing 
is a huge part of the reason that the national debt is going to be hit at least so soon because they're like, hey, national debt's approaching. Let's let's spend four trillion dollars instead of twenty nine trillion. You're now thirty three trillion dollars in debt. For now, there is no obvious solution to the impasse, raising the possibility that the United States could default for the first time in its history. That's a factually incorrect statement. The United States has defaulted on its debt on, I think, three occasions at this point. But inflation is only going to delay the default a little bit. I mean, that's what the Bretton Woods breakdown in 1973 was. It was the U.S. defaulting on its debt. I say, hey, yeah, look, we, we actually we're not going to we're not going to play that game. It's backed by nothing now. On Tuesday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said senior Democratic representative wants to have a trillion-dollar coin that doesn't require congressional official. Isn't that nice of the Democratic representative? So nice. It's, it is a workaround, said Ray, uh, it does, a Brat Bard college professor. It sort of makes it obvious that the debt limit itself is a pretty stupid idea. So they just want to get rid of it. Other people wonder whether trillion dollars is big enough. A trillion dollar coin isn't cool. You know what's cool? A quadrillion dollar coin. Yeah, let's do a quadrillion dollar coin. That'd be awesome. Might more as well. Co- more coming up here about this weird new world religion. It's Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com. Invited to call in, take control of the airwaves, and talk about whatever is important to you. 603-283-6160. That's the call in line if you do that. That's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Riley. And Nikki. And we have a story coming up about this new world religion sort of thing. And it's not what you would think. When I heard that, I was like, okay, so is it an article about the state religion or the new religion that is science and i saw the science as a religion thing coming a number of years ago yeah and really i think it started with string theory which is not worth describing but it it's basically impossible to test and they still have not even figured out a way they could possibly experiment to see whether or not string theory is even valid but yet they're the, va- the overwhelming majority of particle physicists are string theorists, despite that there's no experimental evidence to support it whatsoever. Hmm. But then you have the left idolizing people like Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson and the other one, Stephen Hawking. Yeah. I saw an image of Neil deGrasse Tyson once with an actual sun behind his head, just like you see in ancient artwork. Because for those who don't remember, the halo is based off Egyptian sun disk. And if you look at early Christian art, the Jesus always had a sun behind his head. And it was because of those sun disks and that's exactly what that image was it was absolutely religious in nature so it's not surprising to me to see that science is just being science is settled it's it's science yes. it's unquestionable but science questions science yes the scientific method is a method of questioning 
Yes, and experimenting exactly. and confirming those exactly. experiments. There's been no experiments to determine whether or not lockdowns work, and all of the evidence supports the idea that they didn't. Yep, and when you have the state controlling what the science is, what the truth is, then science might as well be a state religion. Or when the state has their own What's scientists the with a narrative. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention all of the scientific funding they do. They'll, give, they'll fund your project if you have a certain result. If you're doing a project to prove that ma- wearing masks don't reduce the spread of a virus, the government is not going to give you money to fund that research. We just say, hey, I want to prove that you know the mask mandates worked. The yeah. government will absolutely give that scientist money. And we actually covered a story on the show a few weeks ago about they were finally studying the women's menstrual cycle changes, and they admitted in the article that they were just doing the study to prove that the vaccination was safe and that it wasn't going to produce changes. So it's like you already decided what the results of the study was going to be before you even did it. Yep. But let's go to the phones. We have Vernon calling from New Orleans. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. And I've got you turned all the way down. Go ahead, Vernon. Are you with us? Going once. Try calling back during the break. There may be an issue with the phones. I'm not sure everything should be working, but evidently not. So anyway, this new world religion, it's some sort of weird merging of Christianity and Islam? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Wouldn't that just be Islam? No. Because I used to do a show um... called Call to Freedom that was founded by two Muslims, and (laughs) one of the things I learned about it is that they they do consider Christ to be a prophet, not not the son of God, and a great prophet— but Islam is a continuation of Christianity and reveres the same pro- prophets in general, just like Christianity is a continuation of Judaism and reveres the same prophets. So I'm assuming that that's why they're able to kind of come together in... So they're calling it the Abrahamic Family House. Interesting. So it's a one-world religion headquarters. That doesn't sound like a cult at all. Yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> Exactly. So it's a one world religion headquarters that's set to open in 2022. The headquarters will be called the Abrahamic Family House and is being built on an island in the Middle Eastern city of Abu Dhabi. Are we sure this isn't a cult? It seems like it. They got this island. It looks like a resort. If you look at the photo of the um, where it is, it looks like a resort. It does not look. It's like these big, giant cube-shaped structures. They don't even look like any sort of... Is Jane going to make jams and jellies there? Maybe. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) It sounds like a cult. It really does. Being a Christian doesn't prevent a place from being a cult, as we learned in Waco. But a cult is really just a... An unpopular or not very well-known sect of a religion. Right. So they're trying to sell it as like, we're all coming together and it's going to be peaceful. But to me, it kind of is sounding like some new world order type of stuff. And they're like, like this is kind of the beginning of that. Like, it could be a great thing that people are all coming together and they're going to get along. But more than likely, based on history, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. Something's going to happen to scare everybody there. Yeah. So the headquarters is being done in collaboration with Pope Francis and Sunny Muslim leader. I'm not going to even try to pronounce that name. After they both signed a global peace convent called the Document of Human Fraternity for World Peace. 
the the stated purpose of the Abrahamic family house is to bring understanding and tolerance among the faiths. Well, I totally understand why they would do this. Um, In 2015, roughly 4 billion of the world's population were either Christian or Muslims. Yeah. So that's roughly two-thirds of the world's population. And I imagine it's still about two-thirds of the world's population, just those two religions alone. So religion is a very strange thing to me because it's this idea that you have to believe something in order to be saved from some arbitrary afterlife. It, it, the Christian religion and the, the Abrahamic religions in general, they, they were the foundation for statism, right? And that's yeah. why I'm a Satanist and that's why we, you know, we look to Lucifer as an example because oh. God came along, he created people, he said... He denied them free will, first of all. He said, obey yeah. me because I'm the authority and I said so. so. And if you don't obey me, I'm going to punish you. That's not how I was taught things from Christianity's perspective. I was taught that God... But that's how it actually happened. Yeah. According to the biblical teachings. But what were you taught? I was taught that God allowed us to have free will, but Satan wanted to res- usurp our free will. No. No. Well... Whether or not we had free will is unclear, but humans definitely, definitively, according to the book of Genesis, did not have the ability to determine good from evil. Until they partook of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, at least. If you don't know the difference between good and evil, do you really have free will? You can't be judged if you don't know the difference between good and evil, because if you don't know that it's, it's good to push someone out of the way of a moving vehicle, and it's evil to be the moving vehicle that is going to run this person over... You got to remember, according to the biblical story, Adam and Eve had no ability to recognize the difference between running someone over and, you know, giving them a gift on their birthday. There was no concept of morality whatsoever. Right. And And then Lucifer came along and said, hey, uh, you're just slaves here. If you eat this, you will be free and you will be able to make decisions on your by yourself. Mm. So Lucifer was the original anarchist. That's an interesting perspective. Yahweh was the original authoritarian, and it prepares people mentally to just accept arbitrary rule. Now we have government saying, obey us or be punished, and it, because we're the governments, we're the ones in charge here. We created society. We, we gave you your freedoms. The exact same thing that Yahweh said in the Old Testament. I created you. I, I gave you all of these things. Obey me, because I'm the one in charge here. And if you don't obey me, you'll be punished. Exactly. So first, Abu Dhabi is part of the UAE, where it is illegal to be Christian, and conversion from Islam is prohibited. So that's kind of a big deal that they're making this Abrahamic family house in Abu Dhabi, where you can't be Christian and you can't be anything except for Islamic. I'm surprised to hear that. I thought the United, I didn't know that either. I thought the I United that. Arab Emirates was a pretty popular like tourist spot, and I thought it was one of the more liberal of the Islamic countries. That's what I thought, but I guess according to this article, it's illegal to be Christian and it's illegal to convert from Islam. That's yeah. That's hard for me as American to even understand. It really is. I mean, we we as Americans live in a country where religious plurality is pretty common. Although different Christians are going to debate on who's Christian or not, and it's really silly. It is, and it's not as religiously plural as as we like to think. It's slightly better today, but a a person running for president, if they say anything other than Christian, 
they're, they're not going to win the presidency. Oh, yeah. Mitt Romney was lambasted for not being quote unquote Christian. Yeah. So I misread the article wrong. I just want to correct that really quickly. It's not illegal to be Christian. It's illegal for Christians to try to convert other people into Christianity uh-huh. as they tend to do. So mm. that was the that makes more sense. More about this coming up. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. and organization launch their own currency or raise money using their own token. Now intercoin.org has launched worldwide. So if there's a token you want to launch or an app you want to build, go to intercoin.org, enter your email, and the team there will get in touch with you and learn about your needs. And while you're there, if you want, get some intercoins for yourself. That's I-N-T-E-R coin.org, intercoin.org. Wait to tonight is Arya, Nikki, and Riley. And we're making sure that we go out of our way to make our conservative listeners angry by railing against Christianity. <laughs> not not really. Just the incorrect interpretation of Christianity that most people seem to have in their heads. Just the corrupted version of Christianity that people have in their heads anyway. Yeah, and but if, if you re- disagree with us, feel yeah. free to call in. 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Unfortunately, it's... I I miss Jet. Jet Jet should call again, but like he would call and we would argue some of these points, and it just never ended well for him. And then he just sort of stopped doing it. But that's because you know I, for whatever reason, atheists tend to know the Bible much better than Christians do. Isn't that so ironic? That's it is. so true. It's so interesting that well, most Christians have never read the Bible. I- yeah. I think once you know it inside and out, you're like, oh, no, no, can't can't do this anymore. And that's probably why, like, once people really know the Bible, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm an atheist now. I can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yahweh kills so many people in the Bible that when I when I ran for sheriff, someone actually sent me a Bible in the mail, which is a really cool gesture. And I used it to do some satanic Bible studies that were really fun. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm going to resume those at some okay. point. But um. I just opened it once I realized, once you know I saw it and realized what it was. I just opened to a random page and just happened to be there. Yahweh smiting eighty thousand Assyrians just on a random page. Of course, of course it was. If you open any page of the Bible to an Old Testament page, you're more than likely going to find Yahweh slaughtering someone or killing someone. Like the prophet Elijah, some kids made fun of him being bald, so Yahweh sent a, quote, she-bear to maul and kill the children for making fun of this dude for being bald. Yeah, that's really strange. So Yeah, and it's like, yeah, no, I I don't think God did that. The the God that I want to believe in would not do something like that. would be yeah. like, dude, that is a, an overreaction. Will you take a Xanax? Chill. So I was raised to believe that there is an afterlife, and within Mormonism, the afterlife is not the end, that you can have a chance to change your life around even after death. And so someone once told me that God is just putting these people in time out by just killing them. Which is a reasonable interpretation. Islam's interpretation, is, or one particular sect, I can't remember, the, I did a show with this dude for like two and a half years. Why can't I remember the name of the belief system that he had within Islam, where Hell was something that basically you inflicted upon yourself out of your guilty conscience. You like beat yourself up for yeah. 
some period of time until you had purged yourself of it and were then allowed into the afterlife. But the concept of hell doesn't even exist within the Bible. It refers to a bottomless pit and a lake of fire, and it makes it very clear that souls are destroyed when they're cast into the bottomless pit. So it's, it's like the Mount Doom where the ring was created. That's, yeah. that's where they also have to be destroyed, and that's where they get destroyed. You don't get tortured for all eternity. Never mind that. Who's going to be doing the torturing? Do they think the demon, the demons as they're portrayed in Christianity would, would get off on that? <laughs> yeah. And the bottomless pit, in contrast, is reserved strictly for Lucifer. The only person who's ever going to get thrown into it, according to the Bible, is Lucifer. So there is no negative or punishment afterlife for Christianity. You just cease to exist. And presumably, they argue that if you're in heaven, you're going to forget about the people who were sent into hell. That way you don't feel bad about it or something like that. I don't it know. It makes sense. So... If their soul ceases to exist, yeah. then it never existed yeah. and it's wiped from your memory. But still, that's... I, I don't... Something about it just always seems weird to me. Never mind the whole idea as they present it is that, you know, you you spend all of your time worshiping God. Like, how bad is this dude's ego that he created <laughs> right. an entire set, an entire universe... <laughs> That is incomprehensible inside. Pick this one planet and said, this is where I'm going to do it. And the question, All of those other planets are not good enough. This is the one that's good enough. Another, another thought-provoking question we could ask is, how do we know this God is even worthy of worship? Well, uh, th- Yahweh certainly is not. Hmm. I mean, he slaughtered, a, he sent a bear to kill children for making fun of Elijah for being bald. Hmm. I, I couldn't possibly worship a God who was that immoral to murder children and to allow things like the Holocaust and things like that. You know, the part of the whole Christian mythology is that Yahweh is in control of everything. Well, that means Yahweh allowed the Holocaust to happen. I tend to think that if there was a benevolent God who was actually in control of things versus one who gave us free will and said, good luck, you're going to mess up. Enjoy it. You're a child. You're going to, you're going to, you know, put your hand on the stove and get burned but you'll learn an important lesson, and that's just the way it's got to be, versus Yahweh, who is the one who makes you put your hand on the stove, and then says, yeah, that hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't do that again. Oh, wait, I made you do that. Well, I better not make you do that again. It's just so warped yeah, and confusing. Backwards. And it's a contradiction for something to be all good, all knowing, and all powerful. You can't be all three. No, you can't. No. I mean, even all powerful itself is an oxymoron. Yeah. And it, it, it's demonstrated in a really stupid question, but it's still valid. Can God microwave a burrito so hot that he can't <laughs> eat it? That's kind well, of I love that question. one. It, it is a silly question, but it highlights the yeah. absurd paradox that is omnipotence. But Christians, they, they just glaze right over these obvious contradictions, these obvious things that cannot exist. And they just carry on with their lives, never thinking twice about it. So going back to the Abrahamic Family House article, the it, they point out that the Pope represents Roman Catholicism where Christians are free to convert to Islam, but the citizens of Abu Dhabi are not free to choose Christ, which is mm. really ironic that it's going to be in Abu Dhabi, but they can't wor- they can only worship at the Islam you know, building. So the Pope is okay with this? He's on board with it? Yeah, he's he. it was him and um, the Sunni Muslim leader. Sunni. Sunni. <laughs> so, so why would the Pope be on board with this? They're, to promote... Well, Pope Francis is like the woke Pope. 
like he also says you can like be gay and have abortions. So yeah, it doesn't really surprise me he's too been much. An interesting figure in Catholicism. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't. So he's been doing a lot of things that I'm assuming most Catholics and Christians would not approve of, but. I mean, he's their leader. So if he wants to tell people they can be gay and get abortions yeah, and all that, I'm, I think it's cool. Yeah, great, dude. I mean, none of that's really going to be supported by the Bible, but you have that little thing that says as as below, so above, which means that the Pope, whatever the Pope decrees, supposedly becomes biblical law or whatever. If you're a Catholic, at least. Yeah. So perhaps like the Abrahamic family house that promises tolerance and understanding, the UAE constitution also guarantees freedom of religion in accordance with established customs. But the devil is in the details. Those certain practices, like conversion from Islam, are directly prohibited. Penal- the penal code for the UAE defers to Sharia law, which strictly prohibits converting to Christianity. So... It just doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't. But there's more of this coming up. 603-283-6160. You're welcome to weigh in. What do you think about the Abrahamic family house? It's Free Talk Live. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live. You can weigh in 603-283-6160. That's the call in line if you want to share your opinions on whatever's important to you or talk about the New World Religion, the the cult-like sounding Abrahamic family, Abrahamic family house. Yes. Which I don't know about you, but to me, it just sounds like a cult. It seems like it has the same ring as the People's Temple of Jonestown, or the the Mason family, not Mason Manson family yeah. house. Yeah. In general, that's that's why it sounds like a cult. Yeah. yeah. In general, <laughs> I think if you're doing something. You probably don't want to include the word family in the name because that just kind of makes it sound weird and cult-like. Yeah, Yeah. it really does. Abrahamic Family House is a little bit too close to the Manson family for me. But, I mean, it's also the Abrahamic family of religion. So, I understand why they did it. I just think it was a silly decision. But we have Vernon calling back from New Orleans. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I just wanted to offer my um, account of the terrible... COVID vaccine uh, side effects that I experienced, if that's okay. Sure. When did you get your second vaccine? Uh, or your last second Thursday. dose? Last Thursday. Okay, so about I was, six days I ago? I was actually being dramatic. I had no side effects at all on either the first or second shot, and I totally support personal choice, and I think that nobody should be mandated to do it, but I just wanted to share that I was very anxious I was very, you know, worried. My reasoning was because I live with an 87-year-old grandmother. And, um, you know, I I did my own research. I read both opinions, and I came up with my own decision. And, again, I fully support 
that, you know, it should not be mandated. And I think that's the real issue here. Yeah, is it really is. Yeah, none of us object to someone choosing be. to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, I don't object to that. If you want to get the COVID-19 vaccine, that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so for choosing that. Let me yourself. ask you this. What, what about a personal choice of wearing a mask? Not Again, not the, not the mandates. But if I personally chose to wear a mask, is that that's a different story, right? No, no, it's the, it's the same it's the idea. Same story, and it's, you know, I it's your choice. When I went on all of those leftist podcasts last year, I kept saying that repeatedly because Ian and I both we just got lambasted in the media for being for suing the city of Keene and Governor Sununu over the mask mandates, and was like, yeah. look, this is about the fact that it's a mandate. It's the government forcing you to do. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. If you want to get vaccinated, that's fine. I literally don't care. It's your body. Put what you yeah, want on it. Exactly. I literally don't even care if people walk around naked. You know, like <laughs> do whatever you want. I don't care if you wear a mask. Absolutely. Well, for 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 those that that have chosen or, or will choose to get the vaccine, um, I you know I again I always thought you know you're going to have terrible side effects. I had more side effects from the tetanus vaccine than I did. The tetanus vaccine uh-huh. made me very lightheaded. My arm was really sore. Uh, you know, I was, I, I didn't feel well, but with the COVID, I got the Pfizer and, and man, I've nothing out. I did space mine about eight weeks apart just based on some of the research that I had read personally. Okay. So maybe mm, that has something to do with it. But anyway, thank you all for letting me share with yeah, you all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, great. Thank you. I appreciate hearing, you know, other sides of the story. Sure. I mean, most of the people I know didn't really yeah. have any sort of damaging side effects. Yeah. I don't know anyone who got it and wasn't sick as a result of it for a few days, but that's what vaccines are supposed to do. But then again, the COVID-19 vaccines don't, don't contain the inactive virus. Yeah. So why, why would they get sick and develop COVID-19 symptoms if there's no actual COVID-19 in it? I've never actually because thought about the, that question um, until now. The mRNA is changing. It's doing like genetic editing. Yeah, but that, so it's producing spike proteins to flag it and it, as a result, it kind of gives you mimic symptoms. Okay. Of so, I mean, I from my understanding, I think most people that got it had no or little symptoms. But I also think it's important for us to be one studying it and two letting people know that there are possible side effects that are pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. they keep saying you know the the vaccines are perfectly safe, and I just look. Yep, yeah, they used to say thing about um, the litamide. Nicotine yeah. cigarettes were were perfectly safe. Asbestos was perfectly safe. Yeah. So let's so, talk about something else that they thought was perfectly safe. I don't know if you guys are aware of a group called the Downwinders, but back in the 1950s in the Western United States, they were do, doing nuclear testing in the Nevada desert, and people in Southern Utah were, were told, "Oh, it's safe. You can go play outside and have a good time." But unfortunately, people who have, have been exposed to this radiation from the nuclear testing have cancer or have birth have children with birth yeah. defects or things like that. So we don't know what's going to happen with this thing. It could be could be nothing for all we know, but sure. at least it should not be mandated at gunpoint. I and mean perfectly safe is always the phrase that sets off my alarms because yeah. nothing is perfectly safe. The electricity in my house isn't perfectly no, safe. And it's I know not. when I plug something in that I'm not going to get electrocuted, but it's not perfectly safe. It could burn the house down. <laughs> it could. Yeah, it could. And I wouldn't, you know, see it coming. Yeah. Neither would I. And but one thing I definitely didn't see coming is this coalescence of the Abrahamic religions. And I noticed they exclude Judaism here. 
No, uh, no, there is a synagogue. Okay, so they're creating this sort of synagogue, mosque, church thing. Yes, so um, it was because Pope Francis and Sunni Muslim were, the Sunni Muslim leader were the ones that have done the collaboration to create this. But they do include a synagogue, so they have a church, a synagogue, and I lost my place, and I'm forgetting what the Muslim temple of worship is called. And this is happening at the United Arab Emirates, where it's currently illegal for Christians to proselytize and attempt to convert people from Islam, and it's illegal for a Muslim to convert to Christianity. Yes, so it's it's very interesting that they're doing this. It's almost like like imagine living there and wanting to be a Christian, and then you kind of have this like building taunting you almost like oh I wish I could worship there but I legally can't. Yeah. So it's almost like a tourist. A- location maybe where like other people like you can because you can still worship christianity but you just can't if you're a citizen so it's just it's really strange to me so the headquarters will have three buildings um one building each representing a mosque a church and a synagogue however the church is not permitted to have a cross on the building as a method of identifying it as it is illegal to display a christian cross on a building in the uae I, I can't believe the Pope agreed to this. It's, it's a place I know, where surprised. Christians I'm are really actually surprised. being oppressed. It's really, yeah. it's really an interesting show of virtue signaling. I guess is the yeah. correct word, and it's really, really but, crazy. But the, they're uh, they're oppressing Christians there. I know. Yeah. And the Pope is like, "Yes, we'll sign on to this as you oppress my people." It's silly. Yeah. It's shocking to hear that from the Pope. So, though it is not usually enforced teaching that Jesus is the only God is considered to be an act of insulting Allah or the prophet Muhammad and offenders can be subject to imprisonment for five or more years and substantial fines and Christians may be deported. So if you're a Christian, you basically have to keep it to yourself. Yeah, basically. So to add to the confusion of bringing understanding and tolerance, the Sunni Muslim leader who is widely touted as a moderate Muslim, strongly believes that Muslims who convert from Islam to any other religion, including Christianity, should be killed. So he's like a moderate person, <laughs> and, he's, and he's still like, yeah, if you're a Christian, you should just be killed. Wow. So that's super well, peaceful can- and super tolerant. <laughs> I know. To be clear, he's saying if you convert from Islam to Christianity, you should be killed, which isn't a whole lot better, but he's not just saying we should kill Christians. It's really sad to me that people who lose or convert to a different religion are deemed horrible within Islam's eyes. And it... it, it But that's true of Christianity as well. Oh, it really is. I know that within some Christian groups that if you choose to leave the religion... The family is going to shun you. They're going to treat you like an outcast. They're not going to treat you well. And it's really sad. People only be treated well if they choose to not support your family's religion. It's that simple. It is, but you know, they're they're firm believers and now they think you're going to hell. I know. It's they, tragic. They act like they're saying all of this out of love, of course. Uh, it's, no, it's not because, love. It's because we love you, but we're no, not going to have anything to do with you. It's not love. It's not love. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. And if 
you're sick of big tech shutting you down, because I'm constantly getting banned from Twitter, our Free Talk Live YouTube channel is constantly getting suspended from YouTube. If you're sick of all of that, check out social.freetalklive.com. We got sick of it, so we went and created our own social media server. It's built on Mastodon, which is a decentralized federated system, which means basically that we are connected to other servers in this Fediverse or whatever the terminology is. And I, I don't understand how it works because I don't need to understand how it works. It's really simple to use, though, and it's very similar to Twitter. And there, no one can censor you. Social.freetalklive.com is the link for that. Definitely check it out. I'm on social.freetalklive.com, so come check me out. Just kidding. That's social.freetalklive.com. You are on there. I'm on there. Not actively using it, but yeah, I am on there. Uh, most of the people on the show are actively on there to some extent or another. Social.freetalklive.com is the place for that. But let's go to the phones. We have Dustin calling from Kansas. Dustin, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was calling about some um, eerie government conspiracies and, and figuring that only the best thing out of the, uh, the shutdown coming up is Tea Party and Corporation. This government, Thomas Jefferson and John Quincy Adams wrote the philosophy of Nasserschmitt. That's, that's a similar thing. That's like Nazi meant. Uh-huh. The, 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 the politicians are all, on, the male and female are all in adultery affairs and then and then with the um with the um with the allowance of uh the 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 the, the officers or, or or the politicians a coleslaw law about about the government employees getting less law what? also second bill of right second bill of right means criminal threat of martial law the what? firearms okay. only definition doesn't stop talking what second Bill of Rights are you talking about? The, the, of the Constitution. That the There's only one Bill of Rights. Only definition, the firearms' only definition is to kill living life forms. That, okay, so you meant the Second Amendment. Or martial law. No, the Second Bill of Rights. Right to bear arms? That's, that's, the, that's second the Second Amendment. amendment. The Bill of Rights is the Second Bill of Rights. No, that's the okay. Second anyway, well, we're quibbling over this, but it doesn't say anything about martial law at, at the at the least within the Bill of Rights. That's, 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 a, that's the firearms' only definition is to kill living life forms. Uh, and who's using it, that it, definition? It, it, it's it's basic. It, it's a it's a modern understanding. But it's not true. I mean, plenty of people have never have used firearms and never killed anything that's living, like just yeah, just yeah, target practice. You're practicing to kill. No, you're practicing to be a better marksman. That doesn't mean you're ever going to actually shoot someone or that you would shoot someone. Target is also a sport, too. You can target shoot as a sport and never intend to kill somebody. What what are you doing? Aiming for the kill? You're aiming for the clay pigeon. Yeah. You you understand that... Well, to go on, this government shutdown... Okay, you're just going to skip you're being wrong. Got it. The, The strip clubs. The females are forced to work naked in strip clubs. I have never met a strip club employee who is like, I'm being forced to work here. On the pole? Yes. A female on the pole? She chose that job. Yeah, they chose that job. She she has no other choice. Oh, that's not true. I don't know. I know a lot of strippers, and they all seem to like it. So The way Social Security 
salaries start at $600 about the embezzlement or, or the concentration um, effort, like concentration camps, the mentally ill are forced group homes, and then unemployment Where? unemployment benefits was getting a, an, an extra $600 every week. I don't know if it's him or me, but one of us has had a stroke in the last few minutes. Doesn't you, you said you wanted to talk about government shutdown and conspiracies. So where, do, where does the conspiracy come in here? That, that, that's, the, um, that's the disabled concentration camp about, about being forced in group homes and just concentrating on having $600. How do they accomplish this? Security salary? How do they accomplish this with a government shutdown? The, the ways, the ways. Don't you think the government would be better off on incorporating or changing the government's uh, identity and laws of the land? No, uh, nobody what? remembers a paragraph of the Constitution. Plenty of people do. No judge, no judge remembers the whole Constitution. Oh, they it's they went to philosophy. fifth grade and had to memorize the preamble just like the rest of us did. I'm sure some of them still remember it. The, 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 the best thing is a few Bill of Rights and we the people. Yeah, just you know, that's a great idea. Just a second Bill of Rights. I mean, why even stop there? Let's just make 23 of them. 23, 23 Bills trillion. of Rights. Let's do it. Even better. Don't you, think, don't you think a new governmental law of the land, rather than the philosophy that no lawman can, can uphold the, the, I'd rather know- the Constitution? I'd, I'd rather no constitution law. and no government. But I don't understand how you're connecting this to the government shutdowns and martial law. Do you know what martial, martial law, law is? That's, that's, that's to kill. That's to kill when, 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 um, when any, any road rage or, 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 or the, or the Dustin, terms of a... Uh, Dustin, do you know what martial law is? Definition, We're not talking about firearms it's a, at this it's point. It's consent to kill. Do you know what it's martial law is? Kill. Dustin, to- will you stop saying that? So okay, that, that's, that's that's what I know. That's what you're understanding. That's what of I know. It's a consent yeah. to kill from from the government about about any um any suspicious character. Martial law that, is that, when they use the military to enforce the law domestically. That's what martial law the, is. The terms there is no laws in the Constitution. No, the, the, the there, there is no law at all know, in the Constitution. The police officers don't know. If the charges are going to stick in court, because it has no, it has no, Ten Commandments do not do. There's yeah, no. Yes, that is what the Bill of Rights is. Yes, that that huh? the Bill of Rights is the do not do within the Constitution. It's the, the do not the, do the, these it, things. The, what the the right to bear arms and and, and that the police officers, all having no knowledge. Of their of their court charges sticking, and the I, government, that's not the Bill the of Rights, though. No, that's not relevant, <laughs> Dustin. I can't take any more of this. Thank you so much for the call tonight. Speaking of cops, though, they're apparently concerned that people are going to be giving away edibles. Oh my goodness, are they again in children's candy? Yes, free this, edibles! <laughs> yay! Free I edibles. can't wait. Oh, I'm excited, man. I love edibles. They're great. And this crap happens every <laughs> single year. Here's here's Fred Heron saying, unfortunately, there's a lot of sick and evil people out there. Oh this is the world we live in. Oh, my goodness. They, I love it when they put, like, the ecstasy pills and they're like, watch out for these. Nobody's giving your kids yeah, free no, ecstasy. No, no one's going to give your kids 
free edibles People either. People pay a lot of money for that stuff. Nobody's giving edibles it for free. Edibles are cheaper, but yeah, ecstasy's expensive. No, yeah. no one's giving that away for free. Except maybe at like a festival or something, but they're certainly not giving it to kids. Yeah, for sure. Bensalem police reported that officers conducted a traffic stop earlier in September and confiscated what looked like normal candy. Oh, no. However, oh. the items that looked like Sour Patch Candies, Cheetos, and Sweet Tarts all contain THC. Oh, no, the terror. And they probably said so on their packaging. I mean, yeah. what, candy, probably. candy looks like candy. How are you going to have a THC-infused candy that doesn't look like candy? What do you want it to look like? Exactly. And what normally, do you want to look like? Normally yeah. those packaging too, like they put like THC in big letters with like giant pot leaves. Like it's pretty obvious that it's not regular candy. Bensalem police said the suspect bought, bought these snacks in California and planned to sell them in Pennsylvania. Notice he wasn't planning to distribute them to kids at Halloween. Exactly. They were planning to sell them to adults, most likely. Who knows where these things could have wound up, said the police officer. People think they're funny. And they're going to put them in Halloween bags. Oh, my God. And not realize you could have a child now that could have a reaction to it. Look, and that would be bad. That's a terrible thing to do. Oh, it's, absolutely. I mean, edibles, thinks- edibles aren't fun for kids, I'm sure. But it's just going to put your kid to sleep. So yeah. as a parent, the, yeah. it's not the worst thing that could happen. I don't know if it's going to make him go to sleep necessarily all the An time. An adult-sized edible for a child that's actually of trick-or-treating age, I'm, I think that child is probably going to be passed out. Made my dog pass out. <laughs> he woke up, and he woke up stoned. Oh my goodness, but wow. He's, he's okay. Parent okay. Tony Harper of Parkwood said she had a hard time differentiating the fake ones from the real things. What? Hold on. There were no fake ones. There was pot gummies, and then there were regular gummies. And... The last time I saw a pot gummy, they were all individually wrapped. I mean, sure, they came in a larger bag, but they were still individually wrapped. The last time I ate a gummy bear, they were not individually wrapped. Yeah. It's been a long time since I ate an edible, but at any rate, no one's giving your kids drugs at, on Halloween. That's, that's stupid. That's silly. They've been telling this line my entire life, and I have never once seen or heard of it actually It's just happening. a scary story. Just a scary story. Join us over there at social.freetalklive.com. This message is for you if you are a polyamorous person or you're in an open relationship and you are struggling with jealousy, loneliness, and communication problems. Hello, my name is Jeremy West, and I am a polyamory coach with degrees in psychology and communications and five years of experience with polyamory. And for a limited time, I'm teaching a free online class just for polyamorous people or people in open relationships where you will discover a new, simpler, and unique way to uncover the secret that experienced poly people know about jealousy that you must know too. Stop feeling lonely when your partner is out with another partner and use the four key elements that will change the way you communicate forever. No more crying yourself to sleep when you're alone for a night, a weekend, or longer and wondering if it's better to go back to a monogamous relationship. Sound good? Well then, go to jeremywest.net slash free class and register for my class now. Again, that's jeremywest.net slash free class jeremywest.net slash free class.